Welcome into the Bad Fan. Today we are going to talk about something near and dear to our hearts. Yes, this episode is all about the United States men's national team. And with the World Cup roster being announced this week, we felt like it. we really needed to talk about it. So your Bad Fan journey begins right now. Welcome into the Bad Fan. I'm your host, Brandon Pasnick, and we are glad to have you alongside us. As you can see, I have my best friend, Stephen Curl, with me today. Steve, we always start with a question, typically. Can you tell us about the scarf that's around your neck? Oh, this little thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> the U.S. men's national team went to USA versus El Salvador World Cup qualifying match. When I myself played a match 24 hours before in which I separated my AC joint in my shoulder, had to get shoulder surgery, but I got on the flight the day after my injury, uh, flew up to Columbus, Ohio, watched the game with you and Cole. It was a hell of a time. Um, I think Jetty Robinson scored that game. Snow. It was very cold, and I was in a lot of pain but i was gonna go um alexis took some convincing my mom took some convincing the doctors took some convincing but uh i was there in my sling rowdy and proud it was uh, it was amazing my first time ever watching the u.s men's national team play so it was quite an experience yeah world cup qualifying that was so fun i'm actually wearing the same scarf if you can tell um do you know? Did you know I went to another game? Not for World Cup qualifying, but I've I've been to another game. You went to you, don't tell me U.S. versus. Oh, I want to say it was an African team. Yeah, no, no. It was in Tennessee, though. It was. I saw him in Chattanooga was... at Chattanooga's field where the Chattahooligans play. I don't know oh, if it's yes. still called that. Who was it? They played Jamaica. I don't know what year uh, that was, but I did go and see them play. play. It, was, it was a meaningless game, but I have seen the U.S. play twice, which is awesome. Very privileged awesome. to do that. Well, let's hop right in. We have a lot to talk about today, um, but I'm going to pass it to you for this first point so you can get us started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talking about the U.S. men's national team today, we're going to start things off on a positive note. We're in the World Cup. Uh, we are in the World Cup for the first time <laughs> since 2014, uh, which saw the likes of Everton, then Everton goalkeeper Tim Howard and then Premier League striker for Sunderland, Josie Altidore, lead the United States to the knockout round of 16, um, in which the U.S. would be knocked out against Belgium in a 2-1 to thriller. Um, I was 17 years old. I remember watching the World Cup. I was with my dad on a trip in New York City. Um, it was incredible. Um, but just to put a time stamp on things, that's the last time the U.S. was in the World Cup. We're in the World Cup this year. Let's get excited. Um, and that's we're kind of where we're going to start things off today. Um, but yeah, Brandon. I mean, 2014, World Cup, what comes to mind for you? I mean, you would be 16, I guess. What comes to mind? Yeah, so I, I was watching and I was following all the games as I could. 
Um, I was actually at a lacrosse camp during this time. <laughs> Your lacrosse um, days, beautiful. Yeah, I was trying to play lacrosse in college, so I was trying to go to these camp, you know, summer camps and all this stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was over at Oglethorpe, actually, Oglethorpe University in Atlanta, and um, we. I remember the Belgium game very clearly. We were coming in for, I think it was like a stay stay over camp, like stay over the night. I, because I live close, I didn't stay, but we, we, we would get dinner after, after the day. And I think we were all sitting there watching on like this projector screen. Tim Howard makes save after save with all the lacrosse guys. It was, it was absolutely amazing. Awesome. Tim Howard's world cup record, 16 saves. Um, it was, all, yeah, I just remember just like, is this real life? Are we really in this game yeah. against Belgium right now? What the heck? You know, Kevin De Bruyne is running around, Hazard, um, Lukaku even. I mean, what? that's their golden generation, which is sort of coming into an end almost. Um, yeah. So we'll see what they can do this year. But this is about the U.S. Um, and yeah. then I also remember a last-minute sitter that was missed by Mr. Wondolowski. Um, Julian Green scored that game, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. Then playing for Bayern munich i don't know if you've ever heard of that team yeah he's playing i think second here he was playing second division in germany i don't know what he's doing uh, now, but yeah. i don't know anywho some really good memories from from that world cup um who was that group stage that was was that it was portugal germany, germany and, and ghana? um ghana yes we tied portugal two to two we almost beat them uh, beat Ghana two to one, and we went through over Portugal on goal differential because Portugal got wiped by Germany four to zero. Mm. So it was we escaped the group of death. It was amazing. Wow, all the memories are coming back. Yeah, Just that was a to. that was a fun World Cup, especially as a U.S. fan. And I guess we can get into it. Um, something that came <laughs> we, we we missed the next world cup i guess i'll say um yeah we'll, we'll go there's a the date that really there. sticks out right there's a date that sort of sticks out in everyone's mind ah uh, yes uh june 8th 2017 <laughs> the united states men's national team are complaining about playing on a wet field in trinidad and tobago in the turf monster, the wet grass monster, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> proved too much for the U.S. as the United States lost to Trinidad and Tobago, two to one. Um, a young U.S. player of the name Christian Pulisic scores in that match. Um, Tim Howard lets in two very strange goals. One was just a weird deflection off center back Omar Gonzalez, and then the other was just a shot from distance that should have never gone in um on tim howard's watch pretty sad to see um yeah and everything going into that night i remember it was there was this weird eeriness of well these two games have to go this way and we just have to draw like we just have to all we had to do is draw trinidad trinidad and tobago was the last place team in the group uh, to advance the World Cup from CONCACAF. All we needed was a draw. Honduras, or Panama scored a last-second winner in Panama City um, over Honduras to to make it to, I think, their... I don't know, first World Cup, maybe. I don't know. I won't say that, no. but I, I know it's been a, a long time for them since then. But 
Um, yeah, and it was kind of, I can't believe this is happening. Like every worst case scenario yeah. had to happen. Just how Barcelona has all the levers, we had to pull all the levers to fall through the freaking floor, and it happened. It was it was terrible. It was awful. I don't even know if the Trinidad-Tobago game at the U.S., if there was more than 200 fans there. Oh, like, yeah, it was no, just, I... It was this weird, eerie game. Just to paint the picture, like, I mean, the field wasn't great. Like, it's a small stadium in Trinidad-Tobago, and it was just – it didn't feel like it, – it was a weird do-or-die game, and it was just silent and quiet, and you just watch the men's national team crumble before your eyes. Yeah. Brandon, what do you remember about that fateful night? Uh, well, I remember losing, getting all the headlines and everything, and just being being in shock. Um, yeah. I mean, the main quote I think everybody thinks about is, what are we doing? From <laughs> Hopefully that was a good impression. That was um, great. But yeah, just a whole bunch of heartache followed that. And just, I couldn't fathom the U.S. not being in a World Cup. But you had to say we deserved it. You know, you have to earn a place in a World Cup. And the teams above us did. We finished fifth in that group, I think, right? Fifth out of six, baby. Fifth out of six. And Taylor Twellman awful. said it best on SportsCenter. He said, you can't get a draw against Trinidad because the field is too wet. You don't deserve to go to the World Cup. And I, one trillion percent, um, stand by it. I mean, we didn't we didn't deserve to go to the World Cup. It was no. that year out of CONCACAF. It was Mexico, Costa Rica, Panama, Honduras got the opportunity to play for their lives um, in a playoff, and we couldn't even do that for ourselves. So it was it was for me personally. I'll say this real quick. I've sat through some losses. I've sat through. Here we go. Georgia losses <laughs> in the national championships. I've sat through the Braves blowing the biggest national league um, game lead to qualify for the playoffs back in I think twenty thirteen um the falcons falcon yeah falcon super bowl, super bowl obviously i think that was like just nice first year dating and i was just clenching my fist and i think we've been dating for like a few <laughs> it was like like four or five months and i was like <sighs> um but i all that to say there's never been a lower moment for me sports wise than not qualifying for the world cup. And I wholeheartedly mean that like, like I've been, I've been through it. Tottenham. I mean, I'll attach less to me cause it's less like local and personal, but still like it's, this takes the cake of, I cannot believe the United States are not going to be in the world cup because my first world cup memory ever is Landon Donovan scoring against Algeria. And my brothers and I in 2010 South African world cup going around the house, screaming like crazy. Um, mm -hmm. And for me not to have that in 2014, was just absolutely insane. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that's one of my earliest memories too. sort of shows our age and we're pretty young, but um, yeah, it was, it was weird. And then a lot of, you know, then there was a huge gap, right. Of, of all these players that were no longer probably going to make the next time, you know, for the next cycle, next team, excuse me, for the next cycle, which is what ended up happening. 
I mean, I don't know if you have this up or, or whatnot, but this 26 man roster that's going to come out and you know, the ones that's been playing through qualifying and all these other friendlies, what are there like four players that might be, might make this world cup team from the last one. There is the only players that are going to potentially make this world cup roster of 2022 from the last roster not to give the rest of the episode away a little bit is John Brooks and DeAndre Edlin. That's it. That were in the last World Cup. That were in the last World Cup in the 26-man roster. There are only two players that um, are in this current player pool that could um, potentially come on this uh, World Cup roster. Yes. Wow. And maybe that's that's to be expected with such a large gap. Um, I think we we had talked about earlier as well the people that the teams that or that sorry that team that failed to qualify. There was there was a couple players. I think it was what was it Christian? Obviously, like you said, uh, there's a couple more players in there that are still around, but some of them might not even yeah, make it 20, now. Yeah, and, the twenty um, the twenty eighteen roster. Yeah, and one is is Michael Bradley, who's you know, sort of at the the center of that team, it seems like. Um, and I know, Steve, you thought he might make this roster about a year ago. Um, and you probably wouldn't be crazy to say that. Uh, but it, it, there's no chance for him now. Um, yeah, I can just even recap the roster real quick. That game against Trinidad and Tobago, um, we have Tim Howard, DeAndre Edlin, Omar Gonzalez, Matt Bessler, Jorge Villafania, Michael Bradley, Polly Riola, Darlington Nagby, a wonder kid in Christian Pulisic, Josie Altador, Bobby Wood. That was the starting roster. The bench, we had just Marcus Beasley, Graham Zusi, Tim Ream, Kellen Acosta, Clint Dempsey, Bill, Benny Failharbor, Dax McCarty, Bedoya, Wondolowski, and Jeff Cameron. That's, that's the guys. And wow. a lot of them, probably a lot of y'all don't know who they even are. <laughs> But, and don't worry, you won't see him this year, but um, (laughs) there's a few in there. There's a few in there that might make a appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So let's transition then and start talking about that. And we're going to get the bad out of the way. Um, I say bad, but these are things that can have implications on the roster, which we're going to get into later. And it is injuries. No one likes them. But they are a part of sports, especially soccer. So the probably the biggest one that's a, sort of a worry right now is Steve's favorite player, Weston McKinney, who mm-hmm. who was out with a with a quad injury. Um, they're saying he, it's going to be a race against time to be ready for this World Cup. Um, he came off at halftime um, of one zero Juventus win. Um, on October 29th, a day later, there was a report that saying that he did have a quad strain that would keep him sidelined for two weeks. Um, since then, the Juventus head coach Allegri um, came out and said that he should be back in training from Monday um, ahead of the club's Thursday to Sunday brace of league fixtures. Now, that might just be training though. He won't be getting any game time, I'm assuming. And that's if he's even fully like he might not even be fully training. So yeah. what Steve, what what 
are these implications? I mean, he's he's going to the World Cup. Like, it, it's there's no way he he's not, and he's probably gonna be our starter in the midfield. Yeah, but what I mean, like what what are the what ifs here? Yeah, I would say it's it's not nothing. It's definitely not nothing. Um, but I mean, it's not. I'm not concerned about this. Um, with your quad, obviously that's that's a classic soccer injury. Um, I think they're gonna take their time with him and stuff like that, like the U.S. play, and I think a couple weeks um, Monday against Wales, pretty sure. But I don't think he's in danger. This is a guy that's we're not talking talent wise. Like this guy is one of the most consistent players on the U.S. men's national team. Um, skill, ability, heart, everything. I think he's even been captain a few times. So he'll be starting. Um, I don't think Juventus is really going to like rush him back. I don't think Berhalter has to worry about that. So it's not nothing, um, but I'm not overly concerned about Weston McKinney. I mean, maybe he comes on as a sub, maybe in that first game. Um, Good. Yeah, you could. That that would that would be that would be something um, against yeah. a good team like Wales. So it's. I don't know. Um, he should be back. And, and training training isn't game time, to your whole point. But this is a guy that plays pretty regularly now for Juventus, plays very regularly for the US men's national team. So I don't think sharpness is going to be an issue. I don't know if that's ignorant of me to think. Um, well, I think, but, yeah. I think all these guys should be sharp, especially if they've been playing for their teams. It's the middle of the season. Um, yeah. They should be in that midseason form. Hopefully, they've been playing a good amount of games. And that's probably why we're starting to see these injuries. They're sort of stacking the schedule, but um, yeah, I I think if he's not a hundred percent, it's okay because maybe like a Gio Reyna can drop into the midfield. Um, like I think we have ways to get around it, but it's a World Cup. You're you're gonna want everybody at a hundred percent and putting all yeah. of their effort forward. It's gonna be it's a lot of intense soccer in a short period of time. So something to definitely keep an eye on. Um, I'm going to move on to Matt Turner, who has a groin injury. Um, he's been out for Arsenal for about a month, I think. And mm-hmm. um, he has a chance. He, he was, he was, he's named on the bench on November 6th against Chelsea, um, which doesn't really mean much. Um, but he has a Carabao Cup game this week. Is typically when Matt Turner will play. And so if he plays, that's a really good sign because that means mm-hmm. he's basically a hundred percent. You know, they, they always say, well, no one's ever hundred percent, but for, for these purposes, he's a hundred percent. He's good enough to go. He'll, you know, we'll get into what position he might be in. <laughs> if he's the one or the two, but um, Matt Turner, it seems like he'll be okay. Uh, moving quickly through these Serginho Dest. This is an interesting one, Steve. Do you want to get into this at all? Um, yeah, I'm seeing adductor fatigue here, uh, which kept him out against, um, AC Milan's win over Spezia, Spezia, how do you say that? Spezia, uh, Spezia on Saturday. Um, yeah. And if reports are accurate, uh, prevents him from taking part in Tuesday's league match against, uh, Cremonose. Um, Cremonose. Um, Sorry for all my Italian friends watching the program today. Um, but yeah, it's a basically like a group of muscles uh, on the inner thigh. Um, like the inner thigh to the core, which is pretty, sounds pretty important. 
They um, are. Yeah. From a, from a high, from a high demand fullback. Um, that's running around a lot. So I feel like it's, it's like a pretty vague injury. Yeah. Or it's like, it is. I think it's just one of those where he, he's probably uncomfortable and they don't want to push him too much further, but you know, something's not right where he's, you know, maybe not stepping right or putting all of his effort into his practices and whatnot. So, you know, I don't think he might not be a hundred percent and that, that will be a pretty big issue for the U S especially for the way we quote unquote like to play. Um, which I don't think we have a strong identity, but <laughs> hey, Serginia uh, Des scoring the but, best goal of the qualifying campaign against Costa oh, Rica. Yeah. You remember that By banger? Far. Oh yeah, I remember. I think I was Oof. on a plane. I think I was on a plane to a wedding in Portland, and I I saw that. Um, yeah, so that is that's probably the biggest one I'd circle. I mean, Weston's big, but this one is a pretty big one because if he can't run at a hundred percent. Running at 80% is not going to get you anywhere, especially in the World Cup. You you need, especially for his position, that right back position. We really need to hope Serginho Dest is at close to 100%. Um, a couple more here. Um, Josh Sargent has, was dealing with a calf injury. He did come back this past weekend and was, and I think he even played a little bit. So, um, if he's fit, which I think he is, he's definitely an option for Greg for the 26-man roster. Um, Luca De La Torre, one of my favorites, actually, has not been playing much this year at all for Celta, Celta de Vigo. Um, I think I think I saw 50 minutes. Like he has not been getting any time there, um, but he's he's looked pretty good when he plays for the U.S. Men's National Team. I think he he can carry the ball well. He can, he brings all this other stuff. Anyhow, um, he went down with a hamstring injury. Um, on October 28th and uh, he's not going to play at all before the world cup. It's a grade one hamstring tear um, without, you know, he's not getting minutes with his team. He's not going to get any more minutes until the world cup. And did he earn enough with his time with the U S men's national team to just get the nod? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but Celta de Vigo did post images of him jogging on their Instagram recently. So Oof. he's back in training or maybe he's just, I don't Brandon know. Maybe just the a deep dive, dive, baby. I love it. Hey, hey, that's Amazing. what we're here for. We are. One I, I couldn't really get a deep dive on is center back Chris, Chris Richards. Um, there's undisclosed injury. Um, He's currently at Crystal Palace. I think he came from Bayern, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Patrick Vieira said that um, he hasn't been fully fitty. He can't get up to, up to you know, Premier League level fitness, so he hasn't been able to feature in any of the Crystal Palace games. Um, people are saying it's a hamstring issue, which could definitely be, be true. Um, that's obviously pretty common as well. Um, so if he's not finding time there, which he's still really young, um, physical specimen, he's a beast. Um, it's going to be really hard to see how he makes it into this roster, but he still could. He still could, um, but I think his chances are lessening by the day. And one person that is definitely not going to be on the United States men's national team roster um, 
is Sam Vines with a broken tibia. Now, I don't think he's going to make it anyway, but the Colorado, Colorado Rapids product broke his tibia late last week in training. Um, you hate to see Dang. that. This is my favorite person st- with the name Vines, honestly. Really? And that means a lot coming from me. Favorite person with the name Vines. Absolutely. Hmm. Do you hate somebody with the last name Vines? <laughs> no, we don't have to talk about it. It's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure what that was. But yeah, it's normally a three to four month recovery. Um, and yeah, this is his chances are all but gone. Yeah. Um, anything that I missed there, Steve, or you want to pick back up on? No, the, nothing really. It's just you hate to see it. Uh, really, with these, I mean, injuries right before the World Cup, and your point with Stephen Sandbines, like these kids aren't a lock, but they want to play for it. You know, you never know what can happen. And it, I mean, this thing's only once every four years, right? So yeah, uh, we've already covered the beginning of the of the episode here how life can look like. Like I was 17 the last time the U S was in a world cup and you know, guy like Sam Vines, 23 years old, eight years ago, right? 15 years old. The last time the U S was in a world cup. And he probably has been dreaming at this moment. Um, all, it doesn't matter if he's on the outside looking into these kinds of guys. So I think it's just hard to see. Um, you have the different rankings. Like we're not worried about the Weston McKinney's like they're going to feature in the world cup, right? Like they're going to be playing. Um, but it's just tough, you know, it's tough to see, uh, last minute injuries for certain players, um, just sucks, but you know, next man up mentality. That's also another reason why we love the world cup because you might, you probably won't hear of certain heroes of this world cup coming up. There's going to mm-hmm. be moments. There's going to be instances of players making impacts, um, whether it be a John Brooks in 2014, his very first time world cup roster coming in, scoring a header against Portugal. Um, and his reaction looking, he, this is, he was, he couldn't believe what had just happened. So, uh, sucks to see. Um, but no, I think you covered it all. Sweet. Now we're going to move into the meat of our episode. If you will, Mm. the U S men's national team has really had three issues, uh, over, qualifying i'd say and they sort of lingered one's really gone away for the most part um but these three really get talked about a lot in the in the media and that is the striker the number nine position the center backs and that's like a whole issue and then the goalkeeper issue which that's the one that i think sort of gone away at this point but who knows i think there's still some question marks like we just said matt turner's injury to the groin if he doesn't feature this week in the Carabao Cup, like yeah. that's that's no games played going into a World Cup. Um, so you know what? Let's let's just start there. Yeah. Um, so so to explain to everyone listening or watching, Stephen and I created a our roster. So what Stephen yeah. and I would choose going into this World Cup. What's his um, is mine. What's mine is his, you know? Yeah. And we, we've come, we've monogamous. come to agree on most things, but there are some discussions to be had. And then we also created what we think Greg Burhalter will choose. Who's Greg Burhalter? Greg Burhalter is the United States men's national team coach. Looking at um, you, mom. All, that's for you. A, oh God. We're gonna, are we calling out moms this episode? No, she needs to know. She needs to know. True. Um, he's bald. 
He wears tight clothing, wears some and nice shoes, and loves a nice behind-the-back pass or bounce pass or whatever it may be. Um, so interesting guy, really interesting. Yeah. Um, what you should see that his powerpoints that he shows are are world-class players um, before the games. They're really interesting. Uh, and yes, that was a slight dig at our head coach. Anywho, look them up if you have questions, folks. Look them up. Um, so yes, getting into it for our roster. For the goalkeepers, who do we have? Yes. So for our roster, for the goalkeepers, I think barring, I'll say barring this whole injury thing, both you and I have agreed on Matt Turner being the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team um, with the kind of the favorite over the past since we didn't qualify. Uh, the man that's been next up after Tim Howard, Zach Steffen, uh, coming in after him. And then Ethan, Ethan Horvath, um, also in that third goalie spot. Quick note about Ethan Horvath. I remember after we didn't qualify for the world cup, we played a friendly game against Portugal. Um, I think Ethan Horvath was a teenager at this time and there was a corner kick flown in, but it kind of turned into a shot and Ethan Horvath went to catch it. It went through his chest and through his legs and went into the goal. Um, it was <laughs> hilarious. Um, you know, he's come a long way since then, but okay, but yeah, people don't know who Ethan Horvath is. Tell him about his heroics. Though. Yeah. I'll tell him about his heroics. Uh, the CONCACAF nations league final, the inaugural, um, time that the, this competition has taken place happened. Was it a couple years ago? Year and a half ago, Two? something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boom. Set the stage. Zach Steffen goes down with an injury. Ethan Horvath gets substituted on and wins in a final, makes some crazy crucial saves against the likes of Mexico uh, to win a final against Mexico um, in extra time, too, which we had never beaten Mexico um, in extra time ever before. Um, so comes up big, just kind of – He's just ready for the opportunity. He, mm-hmm. He's never been the guy, but he's always a guy that you want to have in the wings waiting. Um, there's a there's a really cool moment after the game where he actually gives a speech to the locker room. And he literally, I think it was just like, guys, we just beat beep, Mexico. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> and just what it means to him. It's plays with passion, always willing to be the supporting character. And that's a guy that you want in your third goalie Mm -hmm. spot on the roster. So that's why we picked him uh, to be our third goalie. Yeah. Um, He's a, he's a, I mean, he's a good, he's a, he's he's a a great goalkeeper and he could be the number two, honestly. He's played Um, for club Bruges, a champions league team in the past. Yeah. And who we've talked about on previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah, now he's at Lutton Town in the championship, and I think they're in fifth place. He's starting for them. Um, moving Played over for to Nottingham Zach's... Forest last year, correct? Yeah, yeah. In their bit. in their in the promotion campaign. Yep, yep. He did. Um, Zach Steffen is now at Middlesbrough, who's also in the championship, the league, the league below, the Premier League. Um, he's starting there, getting consistent minutes, um, and you know those things go against Matt Turner, right? This is sort of where Zach Steffen was last year or the last couple yeah. seasons. Zach Steffen's the backup to a really good keeper, gets very limited minutes, wins some trophies, whatever. But 
Yeah, and with Turner's injury, I could honestly really see Zach Steffen starting if 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 they determine Turner's not fully fit. But like we like we've already said, if Turner is fully fit, he's definitely I think the best shot stopper out of all three of them. And that's really what you're going to need in a World Cup, especially with 100%. the United States men's national 100%. Team. So that is why we take Matt Turner in that starting spot. But we take all three of those folks in the goalkeeper position now i mean where do we go now do we want to go center backs or do we just hop into the defender realm we could just yeah let's just go back to front we can hop in the defender realm let's go for it okay left backs this is sort of easy um sort of not and we'll do left back right back because it seems like greg berhalter likes to take more right backs because we have a little bit more yeah skill on that side but he'll make them play on the left side if needed so um, but the left back that's going to be starting is Jedi Robinson, um, plays for Fulham, starts for Fulham, was one of our best players in World Cup qualifying. Um, just electric, pacey, nonstop. I mean, he can go 150 minutes. Like, he's just, he's a great left back and he will easily be starting. Yeah, talking about minutes, he played the most minutes for the U.S. men's national team in World Cup qualifying um, and played all 13 games that we that we played. He played 13 games um, along with Tyler Adams and Kellen Acosta tied for the most matches played for the men's national team during that period. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's a, basically a lock. And again, this is for our roster. Um, I think we we take Reggie Cannon as as a left back. Um, even though I think he plays right back, but yeah, that's sort of eh, whatever. For our right backs, Sergio Des, if he's healthy, um, which he knock on wood will be, um, definitely the best right back we have. But you were saying DeAndre Yedlin maybe in some games or even uh, a Shaq Moore potentially. Yeah, I mean DeAndre Yedlin is, is one of those guys I mentioned that was a part of that 2014 roster. Um, kind of a guy that was in exile for a little bit from the U.S. men's national team um, for that first year or so after we failed to qualify, um, but has found himself back featuring in the squad. I like him. I'm taking him as my uh, backup right back. You got to have somebody with experience on this roster. Shaq Moore. Um, this is a guy that started, I believe four games uh yeah four games more than jordan peafock um josh Sargent, reggie cannon uh we're gonna get into those players later but kind of fell out of favor this summer hasn't featured for the u.s men's national team in over over like 10 games um so presumably reading the room uh you used to be friends with somebody they're at all your birthday parties and they stop and you stop inviting them to things. <laughs> They're not really a part of your crew anymore. Um, yeah. I'm usually on the receiving end of those kinds of things. But if you ever see me take a hiatus from the podcast, then you know why. Uh, but no, Shaq Moore seems to be out of, uh, out of, out of favor with Greg Berhalter. Um, so we got Yedlin. Yeah. I honestly, Shaq Moore made the move over to the MLS and plays for, for Nashville. Um, so, I honestly wouldn't mind if we did drop Reggie Cannon and had Shaq Moore in there, knowing that Sergio Desk could play left back if need be. I'm sure Yedlin wouldn't mind it either. But the reason why I say that is it brings me into our center back conversation. Mm. I like if we already have naturally made pairings or potential pairings. First of all, pairing play, guy. 
play the the player in form. Um, but yeah, if we have a natural pairing, it's I feel like it's just a no brainer to play people who play with each other every single day. And that leads me to, so I guess, sort of controversial. People will not agree with this. Tim Ream should be starting as our left center back. We agree, though. Yes, we do. We do agree. But it's a hot take. It's I, I agree. I, I agree. This is a guy. He's playing at the highest level in the world. In the world, I mean, I'm. I, then that's not an overstatement. The Premier League is the best competition in the world. I don't care what team you're on, whether it's Manchester City or a cellar dweller in 20th place. You're in the Premier League. You're playing against the best. And if you're starting week in, week out, I mean, I don't think there's much of a conversation. And that's kind of what me and Brandon boiled this down to. Um, I wouldn't say him and I are in love with Tim Ream. Um, however, we appreciate him like a like a nice yeah. fine wine. Uh, that's needed for a young team. Yeah, exactly. Brings a little bit of age. Um, He is the captain of Fulham, I also believe, or one of them. A real Um, George Clooney, if you will, honestly. And he plays with Anthony Robinson every single day. It's just an easy thing that I think would make our team just that much better. And you you just need that sometimes. And then the one player who I think we all think is a lock for the center back position is... Walker Zimmerman. Um, not much Brooke needs to Wood's be said. Finest, baby. Yeah, from the Gwinnett area in Georgia. And Georgia. Um, plays for Nashville FC. I think he's won Defender of the Year, was it? A couple times I, now. Back, Three times? Oh, yeah, times? I think a couple times. Yeah, back to back too. Um, he can score a goal. He's good on set pieces. And I think my favorite thing about him, it's the stupid sports answer. The man plays with passion. He plays <laughs> with passion. One of my favorite things I've seen Walker Zimmerman do is when he played for LAFC, my man took a free kick from 30 yards out, banged it into the goal, puts his finger like this. And I don't know why, but he that's the first. He's like, yeah. Um, and he's just played with passion anywhere he's at. LAFC, uh, Nashville SC the U.S. men's national team. This is one of the guys that you see in the MLS makes the jump on this World Cup roster, and he knows who he is, and he knows who he isn't, and he's just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, well, speaking of that, knowing who who we are, um, there's two other people that we need to choose for the center backs. Yes, this and is true. I think we both agree on these two and I'll just throw them out there and you let me know. I think Cameron Carter Vickers from Celtic is definitely in there could potentially start, but it's definitely in there. And then this is not going to happen in Burr Halter's team, but John Brooks has to be on the team man. he hasn't played at all in this world cup qualifying, maybe a little bit at the beginning, but he's played two games. He's played two games in this world cup qualifying. But as um, of late, started both those games. But yeah, no, falling out so, of favor, to say the least. But he's just that. I think again, another one of those sort of easy decisions. And I, I don't know. I don't have much more to say than that. Those are the two backups that that we would choose for our team. Yes, we'll get into a little bit more John Brooks later. Um, okay. Yes. 
that's just our pick yeah. for right now. Okay. Well, that sees the, sees the likes of Aaron Long, uh, Eric Palmer Brown, um, Chris Richards, George Bello, Joe Scally, um, not making the team. So, but um, that probably will look the same in Burhalter's team, but we will see about that. Um, for our team as well, we have we chose to go with seven mid- midfielders and eight attackers. Um, some some teams will do nine attackers and six midfielders, but I think it it helps our team more with the way we set it up, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I think we know what we're doing. I feel good. <laughs> well, getting into it, Weston McKinney is a lock. It's the MMA midfield, if you ever heard that. McKinney, Musa, Adams. Definitely a starting lock for us. Um, and then that next man up is easily Kellen Acosta, I think, especially after Gosh, winning yeah. an MLS Cup with LAFC, which we'll talk about in our next episode. Um, what a guy. He's been around, like we mentioned earlier. He's definitely that mm-hmm. that next midfielder. Um, who do we have next? I mean, there's there's a whole list here, but the next three that we agreed on are definitely controversial, and I don't think anybody else would be choosing them. Yeah, you know, this the midfield is such an interesting spot on the men's national team because you said the MMA midfield. That's kind of like a sign, seal, delivered. Like, that's, that's not changing. That's not changing. But after that, you got other games going on. You got Iran. You got Wales. What are you going to go on? You get each squad rotation. Uh, we got Luca De La Torre, who Brandon looks at his Instagram and watches him jog around. Jorge uh, Mihailovic. My pick, if you were paying attention uh, at the beginning of the MLS season, I picked him to win the MVP. Didn't happen. But um, Georgie Mihailovic, great year. Great year. Great year. Um, and James Sands is who we're taking on our roster. Do you want to dive into a little bit more of those yeah. guys? Or? Yeah, a little bit. And that's that sees Malik Tillman, who's probably the, really the only one that would – well, I wouldn't say that. There's also Malik Tillman and Christian Roldan were the other two that were in question. Um, there's Gianluca Busio, who plays for Venezia, um, not going to be on the roster. And Johnny Cardoso, who got called up to the last roster, I believe, but I think he plays for Valencia, right? Um, not probably going to see this roster either unless there's – I don't know. I just can't see it him making this 26-man roster just um, yet. I think it's too early for him. But um, Luca De La Torre – He's has some flair. He can carry the ball. Um, just something different can play um, that center attacking midfield position and sort of link up with whether it's Christian on one side, Tim way on the other. Uh, not afraid to track back just something different. Um, wouldn't be my first option though. Milohajevic would, would be the guy. Um, like if McKinney goes down or if McKinney's not fully fit, him playing there would be other than Gio Reyna. Um, probably my my choice, but we know he's not going to make the U.S. men's national team roster. Like he's definitely not in Berhalter's eyes. Well, we don't know, but we but we know. Yeah, I would say zero point one percent chance. Okay, so not a chance at all. And then James Sands, <laughs> who uh, plays for Rangers. The reason why we chose James Sands, yeah. um, he plays center back and also center defensive midfield. So. It just gives us a little bit of tactical flexibility if needed. Um, let's say Tyler Adams picks up a knock. 
can't go a full game or we need someone to have some squad rotation. James Sands has played in the champions league this year. He's playing the Scottish yeah. premiership. Yeah. He's starting. He is also interchanging those positions when he starts. He's, he'll start at a center back. He'll start in the midfield. He can do it. Um, some good experiences under his belt. I, and he's played for the U S men's national team before. So I think it's just like, that is why we put him on there. And I think that's easy to see. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I won't say too much more, but I think that last bit of he's played with the U.S. men's national team roster, that's going to matter about a lot of these guys, whether they make it or miss out on the World Cup. Is Do they have any appearances? How many appearances? How recent were they? Um, but yeah, yeah. We, love, we love James Sanson's versatility. Yeah, definitely. You want to take the attackers? Yeah, so our starting trio up top in a 4-3-3 system. Um we got Christian Pulisic, otherwise known as the LeBron James of soccer. Um, and we're taking – we mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier. Sorry. Uh, a little bit earlier at our number nine position. Uh, it's been a little bit of a question mark for this men's national team. Um, Brandon and I have settled on Jordan Pifak. Um, I think the only U.S. men's national team player in history to win a scoring title in Europe. Um, that coming in Switzerland with 18 goals last year, but he's in the Bundesliga. Now uh, we have him as our striker. And then we have Brendan Aronson uh, from Leeds starting in that right wing position um, as well for the starting spots. Brandon, you want to get into the bench? Yeah. And I think that's definitely a fair starting three. I mean, that's, that's the best options, especially at the moment. So pretty easy again, but that probably won't be the same for Burhalters, which we'll get into. Um, then the locks that we've we've identified, which we don't really have to talk about, Tim Weah, Gio Reyna, Jesus Ferreira, and then Paul Ariola. That might get some hate there, but Paul Ariola, he's been on the team for a long time, sort of that veteran presence. He does bring a little bit to the team, a little bit of bite, but yeah, keeping him on the roster is definitely valuable in some way, I do believe. Um, and there's that means there's only one spot left for another attacker. And um, we we sort of disagree here. Um, the, the, the people we're choosing between, by the way, are Ricardo Pepe, Jordan Morris, Haji Wright, Josh Sargent, and Brandon Vasquez. Um, if Brandon Vasquez had gotten more time, I would say Brandon Vasquez here. Um, I think he brings a little bit different than, than PFOC and Ferreira. Um, big body, strong, quick, but he didn't play enough. So I, I can't choose him. Um, uh, Haji Wright, similar to Brandon Vasquez. Um, just, he came in too late. Didn't get enough looks. I don't think. Um, but a player that fell out of favor that was flying once again, but still didn't get back into the U S men's national team. The last call up is my choice. It's Josh Sargent. One for tech technical or for tactical flexibility. He plays he's producing for Norwich, who will be pushing for promotion back to the Premier League. He starts for them and he's playing out of position. He's playing on the wing or in a two striker formation. Um and scoring goals, providing assists. It's not gonna be as much as if you're playing in the era divisi, I think is how you pronounce it. Whoa um, there. Don't don't you but, give any sneak peeks of me. <laughs> but people don't know. But it it's valuable. And I think 
like having someone like that who is different than all of those other people, all, all of those other guys, in my opinion. I don't know. I would just choose Josh Sargent there, but who would you choose? Ah, uh, yes. Let's get to the reason why I'm right and Brandon's wrong. My favorite thing to talk about. I'm going with <laughs> Ricardo Pepe. Um, the man that got brought on has Mexican heritage, chooses the United States and scores goals. Uh, and time in qualifying in which the U.S. was not looking convincing um, against teams like Honduras. Um, yes, so Ricardo Pepe plays in the Eredivisie, which is a top tier league in uh, the Netherlands. Um, he has like like seven goals, four assists, or something like that. But um, back to my previous point about playing with the U.S. men's national team in meaningful games. Pepe played in ten um, World Cup qualifying matches for the U.S. men's national team. Josh Sargent just playing in. Three, only starting in two, scoring zero goals, zero assists. Pepe with three goals and one assist. And he went cold after that, to be completely fair. Uh, stopped scoring for the national team. But I think Sargent has been kind of a guy that we've expected a lot of on the international scale of recent that hasn't really delivered um and so i'm not really convinced on my pick um it's it's mainly my pick out of um here's something you know here's something i'm seeing on the international level it's been there i've seen it in meaningful games i'm going with peppy and it's kind of going with the high hand um i love sergeant i'll want him to put it together i'm not mad if sergeant goes over peppy um but if i had to have an opinion on these two guys i'm taking ricardo peppy yeah, and I'm the same way. I wouldn't be mad if it was it was Pepe over Sargent or even Haji Wright. I think is a good option as well. Brandon yeah. Vasquez is a great option as well. I mean, I think we have some good options in there, but I, you know, I think it just it comes down to opinion there. So let us know in the comments what that looks like for your roster, um, and if we got things wrong. I don't think we got anything wrong there, to be completely honest with you. But now, do you want to talk about the origin of our roster? Yeah, I Brandon, thought you were gonna bring it up earlier. Do you have it with you? I I don't. It's it's somewhere. Uh, Brandon and I, after the United States failed to qualify the world for the World Cup in 2018, I think was it directly after? I feel like it was where we went. And we to we kitchen. made edits to it as we went. I think Cole was a part of it too. Yeah, we but, went yeah, to our kitchen right table and we took a piece of copy paper and we wrote out. All right. What is this? What's the best 11 out of this US men's national team? Like, this is insane. And we just started writing players and we taped it on our wall um, in college. And as players emerged, whether it be the Daryl DKs, the Giancarlo Busios, the any US player that would score a goal, it felt like anywhere in the world, we'd go, What about this guy? Um, <laughs> so we've been, this has been a long time coming, uh, starting with pen to paper back in 2018, but just a fun tidbit for that for is a fun tidbit. Thanks for sharing that. I definitely oh, would have yeah. said that. That was amazing, man. If we could find that paper, we got to laminate it. Cause it does not, I mean, there might be some people in there. Still, it's a I relic. Know. I remember always campaigning to keep certain players on there too. I'd be like, come on guys, Josie Altador. He's our best striker. <laughs> I mean, come on. And you'd be like, he's probably, okay, he's probably on the bench. He was probably on the bench <laughs> at some point. 
Yeah. And we haven't updated that forever. Okay. Getting into uh, Burhalter's roster now. So this is what we think. We're going to go through this sort of quickly and stop where yeah. we might need to. But yeah. Um, Burhalter's roster, this is who we think he will put on the team on the flight to Qatar. The goalkeepers are basically the same. Turner, Stefan, Horvath. Um, you are arguing that Sean Johnson, goalkeeper for NYCFC, could make it over Horvath. Yeah, I, I think this is a Burr halter. This is, again, what we're talking about is not who we want. We just told you our roster. If we could take a team to Qatar, this is kind of what we've observed out of Greg Burhalter, his tendencies, yada, yada, yada. Um, Greg Burhalter likes Sean Johnson. Um, he's He's been on the past team sheets in the past few matches over the summer and some friendlies. I'm throwing the question mark out there in which I think Brandon and I would be pretty pretty confused if Sean Johnson went over Horvath, but it's a Greg Burhalter decision that's been talked about. I, I, I think that Sean Johnson will actually go to the World Cup over Ethan Horvath. I actually think that. I don't I don't want to, but I might be wrong, and I hope I am. Um, it's a third goalkeeper. It's nothing incredibly dire, but um, coach's opinion coming into play um, on this one for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate it, but it's just sort of like, hmm, it's like, okay, throw it's an like, MLS okay, sure. player on there, I guess. I don't yeah. know, but it's like, I feel like Ethan Horvath has also earned it, but I mean, you can make arguments for Sean Johnson. Either way, it doesn't really matter. It's the third goalkeeper position, like you said, uh, but getting into the defenders here, um, like we said, Anthony Robinson is the locked starter. Um, are we agreeing that Reggie Cannon will go as that backup left back, even though he's more of a right back? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, Team sheets this past summer, kind of most recent games have indicated so. So, yeah, I think Reggie Cannon stays put. Yeah, and then moving over to right back, Serginho Des is that starter, and then yeah. DeAndre Yedlin will will back him up. Um, so, you know, these are our guesses. It's probably what will happen. So that sees Shaq Moore, Joe Scally, and George Bellow not making the roster this time around. Should have stayed in Atlanta. Hmm. Yeah, Joe Scally's a sad one, too. He's... He's been playing pretty well for his was a Monk and Gladback in Germany. Yeah. So maybe maybe in the future for him, uh, once Yedlin falls off. But their team Twitter actually tweets at the USN's national team Twitter account too, which is hilarious. <laughs> Anytime Joe Scally has like a good game, they'll like tweet like eye emojis at the <laughs> US men's national team, which is hilarious. And I think he plays pretty well for them from all, all yeah. things that I've seen. So you know, he could make the team. He's made a couple rosters in the last couple months, mm-hmm. so maybe over DeAndre Yedlin, but that veteran presence, probably again, probably not going to do that. Into the center backs, though, which is I think we'll have to stop at. Walker Zimmerman, I think, is a lock starter no matter what. But that second center back position is a massive question mark, and who I think Greg Berhalter is going to start in the first game against Wales is Aaron Long. I don't think Aaron Long should be on the roster, let alone starting a World Cup match. I don't think he's an awful defender, but we have much better in our pool, like we've mentioned already. And anywho, I think Greg Berhalter will choose Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman as the pair. Yeah, I 100% agree. This is a guy that Greg Berhalter, before he had this job as the US Men's National Team coach, where was he coaching in the MLS for Columbus crew? And Aaron Long was on fire in the years of 2016, 2017. 
had a beautiful looking mullet, um, Mm -hmm. scoring goals, really great defender. Um, It's a classic example of a coach just straight up having bias on a player. And he's not a bad, he's not a bad player. Um, But it's a different animal when you're talking about starting against Wales in a world cup game against the likes of Gareth Bale. Like it's just a different conversation. Um, So I think that's our, first concrete we talked about with sean johnson but our first concrete like this will this will probably happen um he yeah. will be starting and a lineup with walkers and ribbon yeah i think the only other thing that could happen is if cameron carter vickers you know yeah for halters like well you know this is this is gonna be my pairing all of a sudden even though it it, it all is pointing to aaron long walker zimmerman but cameron carter vickers does does make the team yep and who do we think that fourth center back person is i mean like we've mentioned before there's tim ream eric palmer brown james sands chris richards i think he has to take tim ream yeah he walks like a center back talks like a center back acts like a center back for the seedsman's national team and that's why it's it's gonna be one of those like it just makes way too much sense to pick up not to take him um guy plays in europe premier league like i've said and he's picked him in teams before too so i don't think berhalter is a like obsessed with the pick maybe but it's like oh yeah tim ream for sure um so i would be shocked if tim ream doesn't make this roster yeah uh me as well um so moving into the midfielders we're doing the same thing we have seven midfielders eight attackers so that means emma may's starting right yeah kenny musa and adams are the starting midfielders for berhalter uh, barring any injuries or people not being fully fit um i think that Next midfielder is definitely Kellen Acosta, like we said before, for our team. Uh, but this is where I think it starts to get a lot different. Um, what we're not putting Luca De La Torre on there. I think I think um, he gets the snub here, from what we're saying. Yeah, and you know I didn't say this pre pre show. Um, I don't know. I think he could still take him. Yeah, uh, I think I think he could. But. Yeah, I think it's one of those. I think the midfield is probably the most murky part of the field uh, when it comes to this whole Burhalter, who's he going to take um, section of. We kind of don't know on a lot of these players. Um, but yeah, Luca Del Torre, I don't know. I think he still might take him, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Mihailovic, though, he's definitely not taking, hasn't really no. played him or chosen for anything. Uh, and this is really where it comes into the the other three that we sort of mentioned when we were choosing our squad. Malik Tillman, James Sands, Christian Roldan, those are the three that we think Greg Berhalter will take for reasons that we mentioned before. Um, we didn't really talk about why he would take Malik Tillman, but it seems like it's one of those picks where this guy sort of comes out of nowhere. He's young. He's been featured in some teams this summer. Yeah, he was a German, like a German-American. Um, we were able to convince him to come play for the U.S. He does. And you got to think that Greg was like, hey, you're going to be on that plane to Qatar if you come to the U.S. I, I mean, I just I just feel like it's one of those sort of situations with Malik Tillman. Um, good player. Plays for Rangers, right? Um, so I wouldn't be mad about that. But that's why I sort of chose that. We, we chose James Sands again, plays for Rangers. 
Um, for the reasons that we said before, I think it's just a great option in the midfield there. But Christian Roldan, you have some stats about Christian Roldan. Um, and not really my pick. I would never put him on anywhere close to this roster. But um, you have some things to back up why Greg might choose him. Yeah, I mean, Christian Roldan plays in the MLS, plays for Seattle Sounders. And honestly, he's a longtime kind of U.S guy that is in and out of this team uh relatively um consistently um yeah played this past year for seattle sounders i think he had let's see yeah four goals five assists and honestly he's been getting up uh the field more originally kind of more of a uh defensive midfielder um maybe greg likes his versatility more he's even been playing on the wing for seattle um sometimes and he's played five games in this world cup qualifying campaign that's more than the likes of Gio Reyna, lucas del torre josh Sargent, pfock um busio cannon aaron long a lot of these guys so um five games we were surprised um, before looking up like he's played five games um <laughs> five of the most meaningful games the U S has played in the past four years. Like that's what these world cup qualifying games were, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's hard not to base meaning on that. So it's, you know, five yeah. games for world cup qualifying to make a, to make it to Qatar is no joke. So it's one of those picks that we wouldn't be surprised if the likes of Lucas De La Torre gets sacrificed <laughs> for a MLS guy. That's kind of been in the team for longer than De La Torre um honestly mm -hmm. so but we'll see yeah we will definitely see um but that's our midfield there moving on to our attackers our forward players um we locked in christian pulisic we locked in brendan Harrison. we we think those are going to be our, our two wingers there but we have jesus ferreira as greg burhalter greg burhalter's striker not a terrible option really played well for the most part um, had a really good season this year with with Texas, um, Texas. Jeez, Dallas. Uh, hey, I mean, you know, it's in Texas. I mean, it's okay. Go Horns, baby. Yeah, I like it. It gives the Longhorn on the the logo. Um, uh, alongside Paul Ariola, who we also think will be on the plane to, to Qatar. Um, anything we want to say about Hayes Ferrer starting, or is that I feel like that's just almost understood now. Yeah, I think I do think this might change based on opponent. I will say, um, yeah, as it should, as it should. Yeah, I, that's not that shouldn't be like a crazy take for the coach to change based on who you're playing. Um, but yeah, Ferreira's kind of been that number nine that Burhalter has preferred to go to. He's tried out the Sergeant, the Peafock, the Peppy from time to time, but the main staple kind of has been Ferreira um, of recent. So. Really no questions there against the Wales team. I don't know. Ferreira's job is honestly to kind of make deceiving runs in and outs to let space be available for Pulisic and Aronson to run into um, receiving and distributing the ball. So I don't hate it. We got to see him live in Columbus. You mm -hmm. know. He missed a wide open goal. Um, yeah, well, but... <laughs> you know, shooting isn't a strong suit, okay? No, he's but pressing is... for the men's team. He's a good, he's a good <clears> presser, <throat> and I don't know. It's it's not the worst option, but I think it is going to be Greg's option. Um, Tim Way is a lock. Gio Reyna is a lock. Paul Ariel, I think, is a lock. Mm -hmm. I think. Who do you think's on? 
Uh, this is see. This is where it gets. We have two more two more slots. You think PFOC was not on Jordan was not on the list. Um, the last was it? He was not in September? the September. He was not on the September call up. No, but and I mean, was str- struggling to get game time even as our best striker, statistically speaking, and yeah. on the eye. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah. good. <laughs> I and the reason why I think he's a lock is the same thing with Tim Ream. Walks like a striker, talks like a striker. You can't argue with game time and stats. And, like, again, I was saying, this is the only U.S. men's national team player. As long as soccer has been played in the United States, the only player to win a scoring title in Europe in a top division league. Like, that's... Let's not minimize that, whether it was in, you know, Switzerland or Sweden or whatever, like, doesn't matter. Like this guy scored 18 goals last year in Europe and he's scoring goals this year in the Bundesliga. Um, so I think it's like, you gotta, you gotta take him. I would be, yeah. sho- I would be, I personally would be shocked if Jordan P. Fogg does not make this roster. I would be shocked and outraged to be honest. Because we're not even talking about starting. We're talking about out of eight attackers, being on the, a on guy the being on the roster on the bench. Yep. Um, and for reasons that you've said before, we are saying for that last spot, Ricardo Pepe is making it. Yeah. Um, same thing. Ricardo Pepe just, you know, Greg Berhalter has gone to him. I think almost like Berhalter might even feel indebted to Pepe. I don't mm, know. That's um, interesting how Pepe came into this roster was, was very, was very dramatic. He's 19 years old, you know, like his, I think his parents are from Mexico. He was born in the United States and like chose the United States comes on very first time against Honduras, I think as a sub even and scores and assists a goal in a game that the United States were getting waxed in at the first half uh, away at Honduras and then it goes on in the very next game to score against Jamaica. Like it was, it was peppy mania. Um, and I think he secured some confidence for, even for Greg Burhalter from the U S fans. And as silly as that sounds like, I don't know. Like, I think Greg feels kind of a dead of this guy and he can point to, Oh, he's scoring goals in the Netherlands, like big striker profile headers, stuff like that. And he's played meaningful games, kind of what I've said earlier, my my whole selling pitch. So I think Pepe will be on this roster. And another guy that I would be, honestly, not ability-wise, but equally as shocked because of Greg Berhalter being the coach, I would be shocked if Pepe is not on this roster as well. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too, honestly. Um, so those are that's, that's our Greg Berhalter team there. Um, Oof. We did have a question mark about Jordan Morris. We could see Jordan Morris making this roster probably over a PFOC, to be honest. If if Jordan yeah. Morris was to make the roster, he would go over PFOC, I believe. And yeah. that would be yeah. insane. That's but, I think that's the hottest Greg Burhalter take that we would have on here for him to take a Morris over PFOC. I don't think it'll happen, but at the same time, he put it there for a reason. Yeah, I mean... He's taking Christian Roldan, who I don't hate, but again, should not be on the national team. Um, Jordan Morris, I think, offers more, but played not six more games than... in World Cup qualifying. Yeah, that's a lot. So, it, it, you know, he trusts he trusts him to be on the field in some capacity. 
I don't know. We're, we're going to see on the ninth. Um, so whenever you're watching, just watching this, that might already be out. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll have to compare on a, on another episode or later episode, Steve. What if we um, got them all that, right? That'd be crazy. Oh my God. That'd be crazy. We won't, but we might, we might, but put, put some money on the table. Um, <laughs> we are going to now, this is our last sort of section. We're going to yeah. go into potential, not potential snubs. What we think the potential snubs are, especially from what we've listed. And you, you sort of laid this question out. How, how are you going to ask it? Oh yeah. I mean, Landon Donovan, take, come back with me, come back with me. If you're watching the U S men's national team back in 2014, uh, the last time the U S men's national team made the world cup in 2014, Landon Donovan, U S men's national team legend. Doesn't make the roster. There's drama. What, how could this happen? Um, it's a snub. He was snubbed off of the world cup roster. A lot of people thought he should have been on it. Um, but you know, Jurgen Klinsmann thought it was time to move on. Um, and that's kind of how the way things go. So in framing this question, who do we think is the biggest snub, the biggest, um, person left out of this roster? Um, you could look at this a bunch of different ways. Uh, Maybe tenure with the U.S. Men's National Team. Maybe an incredible ability like we're talking about with Jordan Peefock. Um, So for me, I think there's one answer because I think it's the most probable, and that's John Brooks. Um, John Brooks played on this World Cup team in 2014, scored against Portugal. Um, speaking of Portugal, he plays in Portugal for the top team in Portugal – for Benfica, uh, Benfica this year is 11, one and oh, has not lost a game. Um, in the Portuguese, they also, they also top ahead. their group in the champions league. Yes. Top of the group in the champions league with against teams like PSG and Juventus. Um, and John Brooks is on this roster. This is a guy that's not like, he's not, he's not like starting every game, however, but it's, this is a guy that's still playing for some of the best teams in Europe. Um, and then you have Aaron Long, who we 90, like is going to make this team. Aaron Long will be on the United, United States bench national team. That's it's just, just whether he starts or not. It's, really it's whether question. he starts or not. He had a crazy injury like a year and a half ago that he's come back from. And then Greg Berhalter's kind of just been picking him since then. Um so, and he hasn't been playing terrible. Like, again, he's not a bad defender, but there's an obvious answer of experience, playing in big games, um, playing regularly in Europe. It's just so weird because the center back position is just anything but super comfortable, I think, ability-wise from this men's national team. And the way Greg Berhartel talks about playing, playing out of the back, playing out of the back, da-da-da-da-da. Like, you get... Gareth Bale running full sprint at you in a World Cup game. Who can handle that pressure? And I, I think the answer is John Brooks. But ah, that's anyways. I'm gonna save no. my breath. But that's that's my pick for I think the biggest snub off this roster. It it definitely is, and I it, this has been exhausted to the nth degree, and not not just by us, but the the yeah. media as well. Um, no one understands it. That we have Greg even has been asked about it directly multiple times yeah. won't give a straight answer john brooks doesn't even really understand 
it's just a weird situation where super weird. Uh, a coach doesn't want to pick a player and will say anything instead of the reason why. Um, so, yeah, John Brooks is definitely the biggest snub. Um, I also think we we sort of said it. Jordan Morris could be looked at as as a uh, a snub as well. Yeah. Um, and also Jordy, is it Jordy Milahayevich? Um, I'm awful with that, but <laughs> I mean, we, we have here Georgie or something like that. Georgie. I don't know. Um, 11 goals, six assists this year, four goals, 14 assists last year. I mean, he can dish it. He can score it. That's what mm-hmm. you want. He's an MLS player. He's better than Christian Roldan. <laughs> He's better than, better than Torre, Mal- maybe I mean, Torre, better than Malik Tillman. Like, He's shown that he can do it. He's young. I just don't understand why he's not in this crop of players. And he's played or, for the men's national team roster back in 2020. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why he's not in this crop of players now. Like, I just don't know. I don't, I don't understand. So it's another yeah. one of those where I just, I'm a little confused about how he hasn't really seen the field much. <sighs> Is that it? Is that it for that? The snubs? I, I think so. Jordan Morris, it's more of like a it's it's more of like a principle kind of thing. He's kind of just like been a really fast winger on the national team in the past. It feels like ten years, honestly. That's like, oh yeah. Here's this young kid from Seattle. Um, so it, it'll be weird not seeing him on the roster. I think that's why we kind of included him on the snub list. It's like, yeah, nope. Oh well. Yeah, definitely. Sucks. Definitely, definitely. All right, so biggest surprise. You know, I feel like there's always that one player in these tournament-style tournaments, <laughs> um, like whether it's the Euros, World Cup, Champions League even. Like there, there's always players that pop out out of nowhere or, you know, rise to the occasion. Um, who is going to be your biggest surprise on this U.S. roster? <sighs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think it's going to be – I just changed my answer just now. And I think it might be because I'm just in love with the passion. Walker Zimmerman. I think, I think that's my pick. I think he's going to score maybe a goal or two that are, that are huge. Um, kind of rally the boys. I think you're just gonna be able to see his impact on the field. Maybe not stat wise, but I think I'm going to be impressed the way I see him defend some of, some of the world's best, players i don't know like in, in in the england game i mean i don't know um yeah can, this the words can he keep harry kane at bay coming out of my mouth sound hilarious yeah i'm not saying he will but um <laughs> but i think that's like my kind of uh shot in the dark oh like i could see walker zimmerman having like a good tournament um yeah that's my answer yeah i think that's that's a great shout um I was going to say Anthony Robinson because I mean, but he's, he's been like one of our best players arguably. I know. So I yeah. Know that, that was my kind of original pick two goals, three assists in qualifying. And he's playing for Fulham who's top half of the table in the premier league. Like it's not really that a shocker if he were to turn up and continue that, you know, good Still. form. But I, th- I mean, I don't know. You know, we, we play this style that the ball needs to go to the wings and sort of be crossed in. And, it, you know, all the creativity style. sort of starts there. Um, 
So I think he's going to have to be really good if we're going to really have a, a good chance of winning games. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll actually lock in with you as with Walker Zimmerman. Going to have Ooh. to be solid, really, as someone you're going to sort of overlook, especially other teams might, um, who's going to step up and hopefully some really big moments with, with a header or whatever it may be. Um, I love that shout. Um, okay, last but not least, the MVP, as Steven calls it. Who is the most important player to this team? Quickly, I know we've been going late with this, but wh- whatever it is, goal scoring wise, morale, ability, the veteran presence, who is the most important player to this team? It's going to be the first guy we talked about with the injuries, Weston McKinney. I think it's him beyond compare. This is a guy that's taken a yellow out of just pushing players to defending his teammates, um, scoring goals regularly in Juventus, his team, box to box player, uh, really has evolved his game from more of a defensive to being way more creative um, over the past few years. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Weston McKinney. Uh, and, also, on the negative sides, when he doesn't control the game, when he isn't on his best, the men's team looks terrible. Uh, I've seen McKinney play some poor games, and we lose those games. So most important player um, for me, I think, is Weston McKinney in that midfield. That is a good shout. Also, for my biggest surprise, I think I want to throw in Eunice Musa as well. Yeah. He was that's, looking that's really, great. really good um, towards the end. Of, of with the U.S. Men's National Team before we're getting to this World Cup. And if he can just put the ball in the back of the net when he has the chances, I mean, he could have four goals this World Cup, which is like a good amount. Like yeah. he'll, he'll get into those areas and have those chances, I feel like. And if he can put four away, I mean, we're going to be looking good. I think that could be the biggest surprise. But the most important player is the striker. It, yeah. Whoever it is. I don't. I'm not. I don't even care. It could be Ferreira. It could be Jordan. It could be um, Pepe. I don't. I don't care. It could be Tim Weah starting up there. Someone score a damn goal. We <laughs> have to score goals. That's something we did not really do in qualifying. Um, and we're gonna give up goals this World Cup. I'm sorry. Like that's just gonna happen. We're gonna have to be able to put balls in the back of the net. That is the most important player to this team going into this World Cup. So. I mean, you kind of cheated a little bit there, but I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. Okay, I'll say Jesus Ferreira then, even though I don't oh, think he's right, like right, MVP, right. but <laughs> like he, like we need to score goals. So yeah. if, if that's going to be Greg's guy, oh, yeah. he's going to need to take his chances and, and, ev- and almost every single one. So and did we see him score in Columbus. We did not see him score in Columbus. Got some work to do, Ferreira. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he can take his MLS form into the World Cup. Well, that is it. That wraps everything Oof. up today at the Bad Fan. I know that was a long episode, but we had a lot to talk about, really. And it, we get really heated. We get passionate. We we get into it, really. Team. We, we love this team. We love the U.S. men's <laughs> national team. My day will be ruined when they lose games in the World Cup, and my day will be made um, <laughs> if we score a goal, honestly. Uh, but anyways. I hope we can we can win some games. It's gonna be a fun season. It's the first time it's in the winter, um, in the middle of most mostly every league season. So it's weird. It's gonna it's be a different great. podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that in a different one. But c- keep continuing to support us 
uh, and our coverage of the U.S. Men's National Team as we get into this World Cup season. Um, you can become a bad fan today. All you got to do is subscribe to the channel. And if you want to stay updated every time we post a pod, just click the bell below this video and you'll be notified. If you liked what you heard today, drop a like and a comment. We do want to hear your thoughts and those likes do make us feel good. There's a lot to talk about, okay? So please get into the comments. Let us know how you feel about this U.S. men's national team roster. And once it comes out, get back in the comments again. Let us know what happened, how you feel about Greg Berhalter's choices. We would love to interact with you. Uh, last but not least, interact with us on Twitter and Instagram as well with your biggest yeah. reactions. We can You can find the links to those in the description of this podcast. Again, I've been Brandon Pacenick. That has been Stephen Curl. And we will see you in the next one. Peace. Beautiful. Oof. And recording.